0: hi hi hi. it's time to hit the math grind this is after class the podcast with miss donovan our week 10-11 overview because we really haven't had an assessment in quite some time so we're gonna go ahead and do that week 10 and a week 11. We're going to look at these assessments just the tiniest bit differently or this week's overview. So what's going to happen is I'm going to go through 11, 1, 2, 3, and 4 individually instead of the days of the week since we had like day one, day two of certain days. um, And it's just going to be easier. And then after that, we are also going to have a assessment overview. This one might be a little bit longer because we did cover a lot of topics since, um, since our last assessment. So let's go ahead and get into it today. So we're going to go ahead and get in with our mathematician of the week who is mary jackson mary jackson was born april 9 1921 died february 11 2005. she grew up in hampton virginia and graduated high school with honors after that she went on to go to the hampton institute and got her bachelor's degree in mathematics and physical science after college she got hired as a researcher in the math department um also a mathematician at the nc or naca which is now nasa campus in Langley, um, and then she ended up taking extra classes at the Hampton Center in, of the University of Virginia and ended up becoming an engineering and training, which is really impressive because at the time, uh, women and Black women especially did not really have those opportunities uh, to be able to pursue things like engineering and other STEM um, careers. After 34 years at NASA, Jackson ended up earning the most senior engineering title available, and then she focused um, her efforts on helping women and minorities advance their careers in STEM because she did she knew um, how hard it was for people of color, for women of color, by BIPOC women of color, especially to um, advance in these um, certain fields. She's also featured in the movie Hidden Figures, so you might know who she is. And that is our Week 11 mathematician of the Week, Mary Jackson. <laughs> Okay, so let's get started with a 11-1. So we only had one day of 11-1. The targets where I can use the fact that congruent triangles have corresponding parts, and I can use the t- I can determine unknown angle measures or side lengths in congruent triangles. So we started off with our book notes, and we basically looked at um, a bunch of congruent triangles to say that if they were congruent, or if we want to prove congruency, all we have to do is do a bunch of rigid transformations, and we can put one of the triangle on top of the other, if they map perfectly, they are congruent. Then we looked at the triangles. If we have congruent triangles, then there is a corresponding angle um, in each triangle and corresponding sides in each triangle. So if one angle equals like a measure of 35 degrees, there's a corresponding angle in the other triangle that also equals 35 degrees. So we really looked to see what the potential corresponding angles and corresponding sides were. So again, remember, corresponding parts result from a one-to-one matching of sides and angles from one figure to another. Congruent triangles have three pairs of corresponding sides and three pairs of corresponding angles. So again, everything is able to map onto each other. We really then talked about if we know certain side lengths and certain angle measures, were we able to figure out other side lengths and angle measures? So again, if they're corresponding um, angle measures, they're going to be the same. If there are corresponding side lengths, they're going to be the same again. We also talked about how important it is to go ahead and write um, the triangles in specific order so that their corresponding angles are in the same order. Then we talked about if a triangle has all the same angle measures, um, is it congruent? We can't figure out um, congruency based on all the same angle measures because they could be different uh, side lengths. So again, it could be bigger or smaller but have the same angle measures. And then we really looked at congruency, again, uh, we just wanted to see based on what we knew, um, what were the corresponding side links and what were the congruent things. Then we really looked at two things, we looked at congruent polygons, so polygons in which all pairs of corresponding parts are congruent, and then our congruent triangles, our corresponding parts of congruent triangles are congruent, our CP, CTC, which really comes in handy later when we are doing our proofs. So that is it for a 11-1. Okay, so now it's time to go into 11-2. There were two days of this. Our um, target was I can develop criterion for for proving triangle congruence, and I can determine which congruence criterion can be used to show that two triangles are congruent. So here we really focused on... um, what we can use to prove triangles are congruent. So first we talked about our included angle. Included angle, um, what included angle is, it's the angle that um, two sides where they meet, that angle between them, the angle those two sides create, that's the included angle. Included sides for two angles is the side between those two angles. So again, we talked about included side and included angles. And then we had four postulates. Our four postulates were really um, what um, There are five congruence postulates for triangles, but the four is what we focused on today. There was side, 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 or, or SSS. That postulate says that there exists a correspondence between the vertices of two triangles such that all three sides of one triangle are congruent to the corresponding sides of the other triangle. Then the two triangles are congruent. So again, we can use side, side, side to prove that any triangle is congruent. There was the side, angle, side postulate. Or the SAS postulate, which says that there exists a correspondence between vertices of two triangles such that two triangle sides that are included, and then one uh, triangle and two triangle sides, and the one included angle of those two sides of the one triangle are congruent to the corresponding parts on the other triangle. Then the two triangles are are uh, congruent. So there's two sides, the included angle, if they're congruent in both triangles then the triangles are congruent. The next one is the ASA postulate or angle side angle if there exists a correspondence between the vertices of two triangles, such that two angles and the included side of one triangle are congruent to the corresponding parts of the other, then the two triangles are congruent. So again, um, the two angles and the included side. And then AAS which is our Angle Angle Side Theorem says if there exists a correspondence between the vertices of two triangles, such that two angles and the non-included side of one triangle are congruent to the corresponding parts of the other, uh, then the triangles are congruent. So again, we had side, 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 side angle, side, angle, side, angle, side, angle, and angle, angle, side. We could use those specific four postulates to prove congruency of any triangles. And then we went on to use some exa- do some examples. We wanted to determine um, if they were congruent and what reason we could use. And then we wanted to uh, write our core, our congruent statement. So we had a congruent triangle and we had to write the other triangle in the specific order to show that they are congruent. So again, we went on and then we had, we did two, oh, uh, we did about six examples of this. And then on day two, what happened is we finished those examples. So we went on um, from our note sheet from day one, we did examples seven through 11, seven through nine, we're again figuring out what reason um, we could prove that these triangles were congruent. Um, we had to work through some of them. So remember if you have a same side, a reflexive angle, if the triangles share an angle or if the triangles share a side, those are congruent through the reflexive property. We could use our parallel lines and transversals, so, like, our alternate interior angles to prove certain things are congruent. Um, so, again, we worked through that. And then we had a couple examples where, basically, we were given the postulate to use and we wanted to know what we needed to know, like, what other thing we needed to know to figure out if to prove they're congruent. So, for an example, we were given the angle side angle postulate and we were given that two angles are congruent. We then needed to figure out that the side in between those two angles were congruent that was the thing we needed we went through a couple more examples of that but basically for 11-2 day one and two we really just focused on our four postulates side 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 angle side angle side angle and angle angle side so that's it let's get into (laughs) 11-3 Okay, so let's get into 113. 113 we also had two days of our prime our target for 113 was I can prove that con, that congruence criteria follows from the definition of congruence and I can I can use the congruence criteria in simple proofs. Basically what happened here um, is we went through some exe- we kind of revisited things we might need to know. We went through the reflexive property. So basically if a triangle shares a side, if two triangles share a shot side, that side is congruent through the reflexive property. Um, if they share an angle, that angle is congruent through the reflexive property. We were talking about vertical angles and how we know vertical angles are congruent. And we were also reviewed bisector. From bisector, a bisector is, again, it splits either an angle into two congruent halves or a segment into two congruent halves. So those things are gonna come important, are, are important because we then focused on proofs. So first thing, when we're given a proof, we're, we have a given statement and we have something we need to prove. First thing you need to do is look at the words in the given statement. Then go ahead and label the triangle that you are given. Always label the triangle so you can see what you know and see what you may need to figure out. And then you wanna look and see what you're going to prove. If you're proving that triangles are congruent, you're going to either use your side, 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 your side, angle, side, your angle, angle side, or angle, side, angle, or hypotenuse leg, which we will talk about when we get to 11-4. If you're trying to prove that certain angles or certain corresponding sides are congruent, you're gonna use the CPCTC, which is corresponding parts of congruent triangles are congruent. So again, there's a bunch of things you should remember when walking through proofs. Remember the reflexive property, remember the relationship between parallel lines and how like alternate interior angles are congruent, consecutive angles are uh, supplementary and corresponding angles are congruent. Again, that's gonna come important, vertical angles, Remember, perpendicular lines create right angles. Um, And then again, just if you need to use your corresponding parts of congruent triangles are congruent or your CPCTC, you need to prove the triangles are congruent before you use that. So again, what happened is you look at what you're given, you walk through the steps, and then you try, uh, you walk through uh, what you're given, and then you try and figure out, do they share a line or an angle? Can I use the reflexive property? Are there vertical angles? If so, those are congruent. Is there a perpendicular line that creates a right angle? You walk through and figure out what you're trying to prove. So we really did just a bunch of proofs on day one. In day two, we finished our day one worksheet because we did not get to finish it. We finished the last proof. And then we did some more proofs. So really we were just walking through a lot of proofs and the steps and the, and the ways to do them. So again, look at what you're given. Make sure you draw on your um, on your picture what you have, what sides are congruent to what you know, and then it's really important you know the definitions of reflexive property, of bisectors, that you know perpendicular lines create right angles, uh, that parallel lines are creating like what the relationship is between them, and just walk through each of those steps before you, or walk through each of those things as you're doing the proof. Look at what you know and what you're trying to figure out. So again, that's the end of 11-3. Let's go ahead and look at 11-4. So really 11-4, all we did was develop the hypotenuse-like criterion. Really the important thing to remember when you're looking at the hypotenuse-like criterion is that you can't use side, side angle or ASS because remember no bad words in geometry to prove triangles are congruent. But if you have a right triangle and you have the hypotenuse and both right triangles are congruent and the corresponding legs are congruent, you can use the hypotenuse leg theorem um, postulate to prove that those right triangles are congruent. Again, for your hypotenuse leg, you need to know that the triangle has a 90 degree angle if it does not explicitly say it has a 90 degree angle, you can't use it. Um, And then you need to know that the the hypotenuses are congruent and the corresponding sides, the corresponding legs are congruent. Again, HL only works if you know you have a right triangle. That's really all we did. We focused on HL, our hypotenuse leg, and and was basically like, if you're given a proof for right triangles, you can use hypotenuse leg but you could also use side, 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 angle, side, angle, angle, side, or angle, side, angle. You can use any of the other postulates, but hypotenuse leg only particularly works for right triangles, not for anything else. So that's it for eleven four. 4 So we're gonna go ahead and look at the assessment real quick. So this is assessment number 11. Um, there's a few sections on here, I believe four. So, this is the last time you're seeing nine, one, nine, two, nine, three, and nine, four. Again, that is the last time you're seeing that section. Um, so, that section, there's only one question. It's asking you what the coordinate rule for the transformation on the graph is showing you. So, it's multiple choice. You just have to circle one. It's showing you a transformation. You need to know what the coordinate rule is. Be careful. Remember, it goes from A to A prime, not from A prime to A. Then you have second, section 10.1. Um, this is the second time you're seeing it. It is a multiple choice question asking about a reflection across the x-axis. 10.2 um, is also the second time you're seeing it. It is asking you to reflect something over the x-axis and then translate it. So remember to show um, your reflection and translation on your graph or list all the points of your reflection in your translation. So it should be A, A prime, and A double prime. Last section, our new section, 11, 1, 11, 2, 11, 3, 11, 4, is all in one section. You have two multiple choice uh, questions asking you which congruence, or which triangle congruence proves the triangles are congruent. So you're being asked, what postulate are you using? So is it side, side, side? Is it side, angle, side? Is it angle, side, angle, 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 side, or hypotenuse leg? Then there are two of those. Again, the last one is a proof. You're given all the statements. You need to give all the reasons. So um, the first reasons given that's given to you. Um, then you have to go through: uh, is this a definition of a bisector? Is this a vertical angle? Um, is this a parallel line that's alternate interior angles? Again, go through what you know, and then you need to prove the triangles are congruent, and then you're going to use congruent corresponding parts of congruent triangles are congruent. Your CPCTC to prove that an angle or a specific line is congruent. So that is it for your assessment number 11 overview. So that is it for your after class of podcast week 11 dash week 10, 10 11 overview. We went through 11, one through 11, four and our assessment overview. If you have any questions, make sure you stop by office hours from two ten to 3 o'clock. Other than that, we're good to go. I'll see you in class.